This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady is on assignment this weekend. So He's out playing, I'll bet. He is probably having a good time, I would imagine. Probably so. Probably cold, though. Yes, he forgot his jacket. <laughs> Did he really, or are you making that up? Well, no, he for- he brought a jacket, but he forgot to take it outside when he was out cold. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know that that counts. Well, that would still be cold. Yes. Good morning, regardless. Yeah, Beautiful. Irregardless or without regard to? Always use good grammar, irregardless of what other people do. <laughs> good morning. That was a beautiful morning. This oh, was spectacular. Very, very nice. In scripts. Clear, um, crisp. Oh, yeah. Um, Jupiter coming up over the horizon. It was a beautiful morning. I had a little frost, not this morning, but earlier this week. A very really? light, very, very light in just a small area of the yard, which kind of surprised me, but it was it was cold, so I guess... Yeah, see, I we rarely get frost where I'm at because we're up on that little hill. But and we, uh, when in the winter time, when when frost does come through, we'll get up in the morning and all the condos that are down below us, the roofs will be white with frost, but there won't be anything in our in our yard. So we're we're pretty fortunate with that. We, and we do, and we we there's a constant breeze that blows blows across our property too because we're. Does it blow up, no good? What uh, is that? An ill wind. That's an ill. That's an ill wind. An a, ill, sick, okay. a sick wind. A sick wind. Okay. <laughs> so wait, Jupiter's up. Jupiter. I didn't see Jupiter. It was rising. It was coming up. It was coming up over the horizon. Is it aligning with Mars so peace can guide the planets? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I didn't. Is that something from have hair? I'd have yes, to. It I'd, is. Well I, done. I would. I would have to check my nautical almanac, which I have <laughs> on my iPad that I did not bring. Do you know why you didn't see it, George? No, probably it's in the west. It's in the eastern okay. sky, and you drove west. Got it. Now, when I go down my driveway, I look right at it, but then I don't see it the rest of the Got way it. here. And you won't see it on the way home because you're going to be driving straight into the sun. So <laughs> That's always nice going across Miramar Road, afterwards, <laughs> isn't it? At least it's not raining. That's the the worst is uh, when the sun's low in the sky in the and, it's, and it's raining. The glare is unbelievable. On my way home right now, the setting sun is aligning with eastbound eight between El Cajon and the Grossmont Summit. And everybody oh. stops just for fun because they can't see. <laughs> which... Well, it's it's uh, like yesterday when I when I went home yesterday, the, it, it's pretty bad on uh, westbound Scripps Poway Parkway. It's I mean, I, it, I think it, they it, should take that into a consideration when they're designing streets, that they should make sure that it never aligns with the rising never. or setting sun. That would be nice. Yeah. I'm sure that's would... cost-effective. <laughs> be a nice feature, though. Oh, let's see. What do we have going on today? Uh, oh, the onion starts are in. I'm glad you started with that. Okay. Do you know why? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, because <laughs> we have a customer from Julian that has been waiting and waiting and waiting, and he has been the one the last three years when I was saying we're not going to carry the onion starts anymore because we don't sell enough. He is the one that has encouraged me to get them so that he could get his bundles of onion starts. Well, he came in on Wednesday, and they hadn't arrived yet. But while I was talking to him at the service counter, the UPS guy was bringing them in the door. But he can't have them because they're, from, they're out of state. from out of state. And so we called the Ag Department. It was Wednesday. It was Veterans Day. Thank you to all our veterans. But, Indeed. So the Ag Department wasn't open, so they didn't get released. And then he came back from Julian on Thursday morning because he had to do some errands. And they still hadn't been released. And they did finally get released Thursday, about midday. But he had already come and gone for the day. I'm expecting him today. But the reason, (laughs) wake up, everybody, I'm still, (laughs) is because they don't suffer at all in the cold in Julian. Really? He plants them every year this year. And I, I didn't think about it. I didn't put two and two together until I 
asked him about it on Thursday, and yeah, they they are fine all, all through the winter in Julian. That's and he need, needed to get him in this weekend because he's going to be traveling during the week, and so he's got to get them in. We have him captive, but the the short day onion starts are here. And, and I thought you were going to say the reason you were glad he brought it up is that they they're perishable; they don't last a long, long time. Well, in the, I mean, in the in the bucket, store. yeah. Yes. And so, which we you know we want to get them going. Well, they, and they they are going fast. <laughs> However, I conversely, mean. they last very long in the ground and are not. That's true. Affected by the cold. Not at all. They work well in the Isn't that spectacular? Yeah, we got about 50% of them planted last night. I'm proud of you. And you, what did you do with yours? I got mine from the car to the side of the house in the shade this morning, so, so they wouldn't sit in the car at work again today in the sun. <laughs> As they did yesterday? <laughs> no, I oh. didn't put them in until the end of the day. But I will plant them tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be my planting day. I think that's my plan as well. I was going to go hiking, but my knee has suggested otherwise. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll see. I'm going to play it by knee. You know the other thing that they plant a lot of up in um, Julian, although they haven't got they haven't they haven't bought any for a few years, is daffodils. 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 Uh, King Alfred daffodils. And it, it is pretty amazing when you in the springtime, in the early spring, when you drive up to Julian, as you start coming into town, there's daffodils everywhere. They're all over the place on the side on the side of the road as you drive in. Yep. What's the place before Julian where I think of where the daffodils are? Wynola. Wynola. Yeah, they're that whole area is just is just covered with them, and you know, and daffodil, you know, daffodils are pretty. They're they're pretty neat because you you can plant them deep. You can plant them about eight inches deep in the ground, and they'll come up every spring. And it's one of the it's one of the first flowers that'll come out in the springtime. But when you plant them that deep, you can still pl- plant bedding plants over the top. of You them. can layer. Yeah, right, you can right. layer them. So, because they'll come right up, if, like if you put pansies out, as the pansies are starting to fade in the springtime, the daffodils will come right up through them. And, yeah, they naturalize yeah. easily, too. Yeah, very easily. So, I wanted to say you don't know daffodils from Wynola, but I, it's the moment has passed, so yeah. I'm not going to go. I'm glad there. you didn't say anything then. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Think um, before you speak, David. The other thing, that we, the other thing that's, in, oh. that's in the stores and it's moving fast. Yes. The potatoes. The potatoes. Yeah. Surprisingly fast. Um, well, we've learned our lesson. We will order more next year. But Well, uh, it was an experiment. Yeah. We've never done it this way before, and it seems to be a positive experience, experiment. But we're down a few varieties. But there's still a dozen varieties available. And those two, actually, I'm not sure where those are. I took them <laughs> home. I don't think they're in the car anymore. I think they're in the house now because I'm waiting for the eyes to... Well, when they yeah. rot, when they rot, you'll know. I'll know. <laughs> and I still have my harvested potatoes from earlier this year outside, and they are developing, uh, excuse me, eyes and spider mites. So I think I could plant <laughs> some of those too. We, we have a, a we have idea. one crop. It looks like it's coming up from our leftovers because you never quite get all of them out of the ground. Well, I'm a I'm a diligent harvester, so, so you got you know, every I single I one, I right? I didn't have that problem. <laughs> I baked that soil, but I, I think I was telling George I'm going to get a. I have a long bed, I think, or a compost bin from uh, Smart Pot at home. Okay. And I think I'm going to put it on the driveway because I told you I've already had a little bit of frost. Mm-hmm. So I want to put it in a warmer place in the yard because the potatoes will suffer from cold. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put it on the driveway in the long bed and put the potatoes in them and plant over or, you know, just soil over it and, and grow them that way because the, the Smart Pot is dark so it'll absorb heat yeah, it'll the driveway should hold heat and i do have my ring of chicken wire and i will deploy it and cover it with a with a sheet if we do get cold you have a plan to do all that it's not yes. the same as i will <laughs> not now george <laughs> that is correct i will endeavor to i'm considering irrega- I'm thinking about irre- irregardless <laughs> Of the situation. Uh, but now, do you want to tell them that I know that irregardless is not a word? Or I, I didn't know you knew that. Actually, that is irregardless, didn't they, didn't the dictionary Who's allow, Merriam-Webster, isn't irregardless now a word? I don't know. I, I think I think it's okay to use now, which kind of bothers in, me. In common English? Yes. If you'd like to give us a call, we would love to talk to you. Uh, 888-344-1170 is the, is the number. You're, you're listening, listening to Garden Talk here on KCAD. I thought you were going to say you're listening to Grammar, grammar Today. Grammar, grammar. <laughs> Students. 
Oh, so, oh, potato. Um, well, let's go back to potatoes and onions. Okay. So we, I got off on the. I, we did get them in. They are highly perishable, and the sooner you get them in the ground, the better. They are inside the store, so they can be kept cool and dry uh, to prevent them from. Uh, okay, that's annoying. <laughs> from from rotting during. <laughs> to keep them from rotting, um, but probably close to half of them are gone already. And both stores have both the potatoes and the onions. You want to go on a quick, uh, wise, short onions, short day? I think we've talked about that a lot, but the, you know, uh, onions, we're we're further south in latitude, so we have shorter daylight uh, here. And so you, uh, short day onions will, will bulb for you as where long day onions will not. Uh, They do better up north where the days are longer in the spring and summer and you found some day neutral ones that don't care we, we have some day neutral out in the in at least in poway the candy it's a day neutral so i'm going to try those i think they don't care they, they're irregardless <laughs> regardless of the, day, of the length of the, of the sun I, I think i'm going to grab some today and then we'll plant them tomorrow okay wow you are you are spectacular that's I'm, true I'm yeah very, i'm very <laughs> Okay, what's next? <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, just a quick reminder on the let's see the Thanksgiving's the twenty sixth this year, this year I believe. It's not next week; it's the following week. Correct. Just one moment, stand by. It is the twenty sixth. Okay, so Poway will be closing early on the twenty fifth, and both stores will be closed on Thanksgiving to celebrate the holiday. Uh. You want to discuss how we're going to do that this year? Uh, probably just lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, not to close the building to oh. celebrate the holiday. Oh. <laughs> okay, no. Let's. What's next on the plan? <laughs> um, for those of you that have been, for those of you that have been waiting, uh, poinsettias are starting to arrive. We had the yellow ones last week, and then this week we got. We, I know there was some. Some of the pink ones came in. I, or, or, were those the princetias? Yeah, you know, those are princetias, and I think they're, we got three really, three colors of princetias. Really pretty. I think I think we got. I'm pretty sure there was at least white and pink. I don't know what the other color. Yeah, I saw there. some white out there. Yeah, they're really really I, pretty plants. I think I'm too much of a traditionalist on that. I like the reds. I do too. I, I don't care very very much for the others. You know, I I I have to admit, I think I a, a really nice red poinsettia is is uh, probably my favorite. And that and you know that brings up the the uh, Ecky Ranch and during the season when we go up to do ranch pickup and just the stuff that they would have available that they would have trials that they would that were only available for pickup they weren't available for regular order but if you were at the ranch and you were picking stuff up you could pick up unusual things that they had that they had grown and had limited releases on and then we went. I think it was the year. It was a year or two before they sold. Um, Melanie and I went up for for an open house at the ranch, and it was unbelievable. They, they had one of the they had one of the greenhouses that was just full of all these new trials and things that they had hybridized, and it was it was absolutely spectacular. I know I'm I'm pretty sure I posted some pictures on the nursery's facebook page back then but i'd have to go through and i'll have to go through and look it up and repost it again but it was it was absolutely stunning the the work that they were doing up there it's it's kind of sad that it's all gone now it, it really is and i i was going to break into a, another one bites the dust it is <laughs> it, well the the landscape changes yeah and and you know they i i think in a way they were a victim of their own success you know they they were the ones that pioneered that whole industry, and then they kind of got driven out by their own by everything that they put into it. Well, your quote, your quote from Paul Ecke the third, which was, well, we'll, we, I, we'll do that. We'll do that when we come back. Yes, sir. Okay. That's my thought. We're going to take a break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. 
There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it's all right now. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady is out this weekend. Um, so we were talking before the break. About the loss of the Ecky Ranch in their poinsettia yeah. business in the North yeah. County. And, and I remembered the quote. Uh, well, while we were on break, I remembered we were talking and I remembered the quote that you're talking about. And yes, it was Paul, it was Paul Ecky III and I were. We were having lunch one time. This was years ago, and uh, he came and he told me. He said, "He said, don't let anybody fool you." He said, "If you if you're in the nursery business in Southern California, he said, you're not in the plant business. You're in the land business, and that's that's exactly that's exactly what happened." Um, although it's funny, the ranch is still open. They're just they're growing mums on it's, it it's now different. instead of it's different. But but in a lot of cases, you you look at the holdings that the Ecke family had in Encinitas that were mostly agricultural or horticultural holdings, and it's it's not that way anymore. No, homes it, homes and golf courses. Home, homes right. homes yeah. and golf courses exactly. And the same thing same thing happened to them up in Los Angeles when they were when they had the farm up there. Well, it was outside of Beverly Hills, right? Isn't that what you? Yeah, it was right on the border of Beverly Hills. There was a big. They had that. So they had that picture in the office, and the the field field of poinsettias, and a big sign right on the side of the road that said "Welcome to Beverly Hills." So, yeah, it was in West Hollywood. So, so it does happen. So hopefully, it's not going to happen to us for a while, but it it does happen. Um, living Christmas trees have started to come in. Actually, a, not not just living Christmas trees, but a we got we've got holly and some of the spruces and, uh, and some the, uh, some some very nice evergreens for the holiday season. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yes, yeah. bunch of evergreens. But the the living the living Christmas trees that came in are the big ones. Oh, they're huge. They are huge and they're beautiful. Um, Monterey pines. Yes, and they are bigger than we've ever gotten before in the living trees, and we got a a really good deal on them. And so I mean, the, the, those were, we didn't have them last year. We couldn't get them. Yeah. And the year before they were either 130 bucks or 150 bucks for smaller ones than these. And these were 99. Yeah. So no, they're, they're really nice. So, I mean, pretty much even cut Christmas trees are what I would consider a, a sustainable crop because you can, they're replanting them. They're replant. Right. They can be. They're replanted. And they can be, and they can be composted. So that it all, it's all a great circle there. But if you want something that's that's really sustainable, then living Christmas trees are kind of the way to go. Although you, they don't. They, it takes some work to keep that Christmas tree shape to them because yeah, otherwise right. it's going to turn into a pine tree. Don't keep it as Christmas tree shape. Put it in the ground put and it put it ground. into a pine tree. Let uh, it go. My my okay. folks have a. 60-plus-year-old, well, had Monterey pine in their backyard. And it provided the afternoon shade to that side of the house. And uh, looking over the house the other day when I went up there, they're not supposed to last 60 years in Southern California, but Mm -hmm. this one is not going to make it to its 65th or whatever. It was planted 60, yeah, 62 years ago. And it's done. But I'm thinking they want something to put back there. And they're fast growing, so when this one comes out, I think we'll put in one of the living trees we just got in. It'll be perfect for them. It'll probably grow six feet next year and start to provide some shade for my dad's azaleas. His prized azaleas were under that oh. other. Yes, it's going to be a situation soon. <laughs> There's going to be uh, umbrellas deployed around the backyard again. Um, it was. I remember it was. It was interesting back in. Oh, it was the the mid eighties, I guess it was my, my dad and I took a trip down to New Zealand and I remember we were flying over. 
I can't remember if it was the North Island or the South Island, but you look down and there's just these beautiful forests over the over big stretches of the island, over the land. And uh, you sit there and you're looking at it and you start looking closely. All the trees are in lines. It was all forested. It was all, it was, it was um, Monterey Pine. It was Monterey Pines. They were growing them for lumber. Um, but it, it, when you just glance at it, it just looks like this beautiful green forest. But then when you look really close, you can see that all the trees are perfectly, all perfectly lined up. And, you know, and Monterey Pine, that, that produces some absolutely beautiful wood. If, and I noticed it for the first time a few years ago at Home Depot. All their clear, their clear pine, the pine that they have that has its premium wood with, with no knots in it, that, that's all Monterey Pine. I did not know that. It's really pretty. How big is your dad's? It's not that big anymore, but um, I don't know. I'm just curious. I mean, they get get big. I mean, in cultivation, they can get up to 200 feet. No, it's probably only 30 or 40 feet or something like that. Um, But it's been declining for years. Okay. It, It got that canker. I think it's pitch canker, pine pitch canker they get, and it's been declining. But um, they also don't like smog. It's finally given up. I haven't, which even, is which isn't that big of a deal around here, but it, the not anymore. Not anymore. like it was because you know as you as you drive as you're driving up Balboa from Marina Boulevard on the right hand side over kind of behind um, Claremont High School, there used to be a huge stand of Monterey pines. I mean. A, Huge that were planted or natural? yeah it was plant it was it was a it was a line of them that was planted I think it was along the edge of the property and there all of them are gone I have a ginormous one in my front yard and the trunk is probably a couple of feet in diameter oh my word and it's still healthy and happy but it's got to be it's not going I I would be surprised if it lasts much longer is it in is it in the lawn or no it's it's at the base of a bank and oh. below the lawn and it's it's near my avocado, which gets its water every week. So I'm sure. <laughs> so it, so it's getting I'm sure that's probably it's, helping. Yes. We're going to, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We're going to go out to El Cajon where Pamela is waiting. Good morning, Pamela. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. This morning I woke up for the whole show. Last week I missed of, uh, something and and I'm I hope you'll be willing to kind of repeat it for well, me. We would certainly try. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and tell David this is pa- this is Pamela, the his his dad's nurse. Oh, anyway, I was just her. telling somebody about you uh, yesterday or the day before. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back, Pamela. Yes, thank you. Any anyway, I woke up and caught the. The tail end of what you were saying about what horse manure damage did um, to the land, and um, since you know we used to breed Arabian horses, and I, we use the horse manure all over, and um, uh, and we're having problems. I wondered what what you had discovered about the use of horse manure. Well, I don't think it was an issue with the horse manure itself. It, it came into play with people that may have used some types of herbicides in which the horses ate the feed that may have been sprayed. And there is some car- there appears to be some carryover with some of those herbicides, but I don't think it's as widespread as you, as you might think. Yeah, as it week. sounded, yeah. Oh, well, because I, uh, all I caught was that, that you shouldn't use horse manure in your compost piles, you know, and of course I used lots of it. Um, it it's a, a matter of the carryover from the herbicides that the herbicide stays active in the compost after it's come through the, the hay or could get into the hay um, during the production process. And so it can be an issue. Um, I, I don't know how much of an issue it is, but it can certainly be an issue. And, our, you know, when I was out there, it's been a couple of years or a few, there, yeah. there were horses right next door to you. Were those yours horses or somebody else's? Yeah. Oh, those no, are, they're those mine. Are still, they're still yours. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be. Now, do you produce your own food for them or do you buy in hay? 
Oh no, we buy hay. Okay. We buy we buy the hay. So that was the uh, the concern. So if you are composting it, um, I guess you could do a test in one one area and plant some things in it. But I, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't think I'd be overly concerned. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the, the reason that I thought about it was because um, years ago. Uh, my husband, who had a green thumb, he's no longer with me, thing, but uh, I would use the uh, horse manure all over the place, and everyone would have a fit. And we had roses coming out of, you know, we just, I used to uh, cut armloads of roses, and the roses just don't produce anymore, not much. They produce some, but you know, not not like they used to. And the same way with our our um, fruit trees, our, our citrus trees. We they uh, we'd have fruit all over the ground and playing them. We just don't have much. And of course, I thought it was partly maybe because we didn't have as much water. Well, now we have the water. Uh, we had uh, we have a new well. And um, nothing's, you know, nothing's like it used to be. And then, then I thought, well, maybe it just, they just, the whole place misses my husband's green thumb. Well, it probably does a little bit, but you could also help out by putting some of that composted manure around your plants. And um, when I came out there, I was concerned about the amount of water those those plants were getting. And if you mulch them, if you put a two, three, four-inch layer of composted horse manure around them and increase the water, that should help. And have you had the well water tested for salts and other things that could be problematic? No, I have not this well, uh, although uh, our first well went dry. And that's uh, during the time, it took some time before we were able to get the second well in, although the second well is very close to the first one, but it's, um, uh, quite a bit deeper, you know, and uh, so now they get plenty of water. All right, I, then I, I guess we're going to have to make another quick trip out there and check it out and see what the next problem is. Or there's, did you have gophers out there on the along the driveway along those roses? Uh, oh, we had yes, we had gopher. We still do, although we we adopted an. Um, an old dog last year, and and he's great at at um, getting gophers. But we we were just loaded with gophers. Well, keep after those two. Yeah. Oh well. Now I have a rose lady who does my rose garden for me, and I thought that was you know gonna be the ticket. And she knows she knows what she's doing. She knows how to how to um, uh, uh, prune properly, and um, uh, but we still didn't get very many roses. Well, this next spring and summer, give them twice the water you gave them last year and see if that doesn't help. And huh? I will get in touch with you uh, off the air. I'll talk to my dad. I'll get your number back from him, and uh, I'll get a hold of you, and we'll take another look this year, Okay. Okay, okay. I'll be good to see you again. You, yeah, I would start talking like I were on a private phone call and nothing flat because <laughs> I don't like being alone so much. I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll give you a call this week, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Pamela. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We are going to take a break, and we'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. 
There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Uh, you know, as the weather has started to cool off, and we did get some rain, I, we, I think I got almost, I probably got about an inch and a half or inch and three quarters of rain out of last that weekend, last storm. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was not a, not a bad storm that, no. that, that came through. Worked out, worked out very nicely. Did, did you get out and fertilize everything before that rain came, like David and I did? Of course not. Okay. No. And, and I'm only speaking. I don't know if David actually did. I know I did. I put out two whole pounds of fertilizer. That was all I had <laughs> the gumption for. No, See, I'm, I listen to Garden Talk, and they talk about getting the fertilizer out when it rains. So, oh, I listened so to we, it too. We went out and did it. So. I recommend it all the time. <laughs> I've never heard of the show. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of do as I say, not as I okay. do. Okay. Yeah. No, unfortunately, I did not. Yeah, as is our. Uh, well, as are a lot of people. Uh, but as the weather as the weather continues to cool off, we, as we're heading into winter, uh, and hopefully we'll be getting more rain. Uh, make sure that you make sure you turn your turn your sprinklers off when when we get a good rain. After I, mine are still off. I did actually I actually did turn mine off on. It was either Friday or Saturday. I can't remember which day it was. But Way to go, Mister A. They're still off and. Uh, a good rain like that, you can probably keep them off for a, a week or ten days, especially with the with the weather cooling off. But also keep an eye out if you have cactus or succulents or plumerias; they're going to require far less water as we move into the. Uh, I mean, they don't require a lot of water as it is, but they're going to they're going to take even less as we move into the cooler into the cooler season. So uh, adjust your sprinklers if you're if you're. If you have a if you have them on a sprinkler system to cut back on the amount of water that they're getting, or um, just shut the hose off and don't water them as much as you do when it's warm, well, or, or at all, or at all, the yeah. plumerias with the cooler nights should start to, the leaves should be starting to yellow, and it would be time to maybe just completely back off on watering those, and then succulent like the adenium, the desert rose, and things like that that kind of go dormant in the winter you keep them give them any water during the winter they're probably going to rot and die so it's time to shut them down as well but you know you, you had mentioned keeping the sprinklers off you know 10 days or so that that's mm-hmm. for things in the ground if you have things in the pot in things pots. in pots you still want to you know make sure you're watering them yeah you those, those are still going to require some supplemental water although you know it's funny i've got a pretty big plumeria it's in a 15 gallon container that's on my deck around the pool and uh it doesn't go dormant in the wintertime. I think it's the latent heat in the in the concrete in the pool that keeps it from going dormant. Maybe I can put my potato bin <laughs> right next to it. I was thinking the exact same. Thing. A, that's, that's David's idea about his potatoes. We could put yeah. a board. We could put plywood across a strip of your pool. We could put the the uh, smart pot bag right in the middle so it's got a heater around it it's to protect the, it. A big heat sink. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think my pool gets down... I don't think it gets much, much below the mid sixties even in the wintertime. And it has a filter, right? Yeah. So all any, of the, stuff that any runs, of the gunk that runs the, into the, the pool crud, from the yeah, the, the filter will the take it right out and keep yeah. your pool crisp and clean. Your pool guy will love it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, turn the solar heater on so you can I, keep it nice and warm. Okay, <laughs> I think this is a great plan. You know, I was I was thinking about taking a a, a feed a water trough, an oval water trough. Mm-hmm. that is left over and filling it with water. And that would hold a little bit of heat, not as much as your pool. So I think I, I love the offer of using your pool. I appreciate that. So I won't do my own. <laughs> I'm looking that way. A photo's forthcoming. <laughs> I was going to put 30 or 40 gallons of water on the asphalt in that and then put the smart pot on top of that. And then large rocks little... all around also as a heat sink to retain well, extra heat. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll get a dig a big pit and I'll put a fire in it and then I'll put rocks on top of that yeah, and then I'll put banana good. leaves over that and a pig in the middle of it <laughs> and keep it warm with that. 
you're good. It sounds okay. like a plan. Perfect. Yeah. Now, is your is your driveway concrete or asphalt? Asphalt. Oh, even better. Yes. So it'll it'll absorb even more heat. Now I have noticed my neighbor's papaya kind of hangs over my driveway, and it still frosts in the winter. So I don't know, but it's it's do it it grows well outside where yeah, you're it's, at. It's been out out there now for probably somewhere between five and ten years, and it does get frost damage every year. But the the stems, the trunks are now probably fifteen plus feet high. Now he's wow. growing them in a large. You said an old um, horse manure well, pit, right? It's a it's kind of a raised horse. It's a raised horse manure yeah. plant, and she's had no problems with her right. horse manure. That's why I, I said that. That's, that's good. You know, I, I grow mine in pots, and I've had great success. I didn't get in PQ anyway. I never had any frost damage on them, but I've had much more success in pots because of the the cold. Damp soil in the winter just kills them. So I'm always surprised about your neighbors. This, this has stayed intact, and it's probably I don't know six, eight trunks on it. It's it's enormous, really? and it's gorgeous during the summer. Is it a Mexican papaya? Or? I don't know. She came home with a pot filled with papayas. I or I don't know. We they had nothing. She didn't get them from me, which is an issue we're going to have to discuss. <laughs> um, but it's been there. And done well, it, but it does get the frost damage. I think I, that must. Be, I'm guessing that must be one of the, must be a, the Mexican papaya because I, I think the Mexican ones you have to you have to have male and female, right? Well, and you don't know until the flowers you don't know. So because right? we used we used to get them, and they had like three or four plant. They would plant three or four seeds, to a container, just yeah, in hopes that that's you, what this you, was. You it was got, a little tiny baby, and yeah. it's. Uh, it's built up from from horse manure and soil, and it's super loose and super dry, and has done very well. That's why that's that really surprises me because I know my grandfather used to try to grow them in a, with varying success in um, Bay Park, and cool. and he he even had a greenhouse at one time, and he had a heat lamp in there. To it still had it. It still had issues with it. Mine yeah. did well. Mine, I started all mine from seeds. I'll just I, every year I'll throw some extra seeds out and get them going. Well, I, I don't mind putting this out there, but I cannot get past the way papaya smells. So it is not my food of choice. It could be the another beet, <laughs> Ken beet well, in my world. You know, I'm not a I'm not a huge papaya fan either. Um, although I, I I remember a long time ago long time ago I used to go to the ob people's food market the co-op and they had they had candied papaya there dried papaya that was really good that was, i mean that was just like that was like eating candy it well, was it was probably the name is why they called it that yeah it could be it could be <laughs> you know you uh, put enough stuff on things and make it taste like something else they can taste good like uh Greens, like your uh, <laughs> your kale greens. You put what did you put on them last week? You were talking well, th- that about that was Ken mentioned like four hundred pounds of butter and cream and all that. I, I yeah. put garlic and some salt yeah, and pepper. Gar- so. gar- <laughs> gar- gar- I would prefer really the well. ones he would eat. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, uh, what another papaya that was really popular? Oh, probably about probably about twenty years ago was the babacos. You remember the oh, yeah. babaco yeah. papayas? Yeah. Uh, they were smaller and thinner and self-fruitful and self-fruitful um i haven't seen one of those in in ages that's because too many of the growers were in the land business (laughs) (laughs) could be could be um but yeah papayas are yeah they're right up with uh they're right up there with mangoes for me i love love mangoes mangoes and papayas no i like when we team up yeah no what's wrong with mangoes i just don't i don't like them i've I've, I mean, I I can eat them, but I I will go that, out of, I will go out of my way to not do that. That sweet, tangy. Can you be sweet no. and tangy? Sure, no, like sweet and sour pork. S- that sweet, tangy, <laughs> nutrient dense mm. fruit, luscious mm. fruit. You don't like? No, I love the trees. I think the tre- I think the trees are spectacular. The fruit's beautiful, but man, I just don't like it. And I have and I have tried it. I, I've tried it. In, I've tried it in Mexico. I've tried it. I've tried it in florida i've tried it in hawaii i've tried it uh in australia i mean i've tried it all i've tried it all over the world i don't I think don't, you're doing i think and i don't like it don't think you're I, doing it right i just i don't i don't are these like the it. ripe ones or are you eating no they're they're ripe, <laughs> they're ripe ones but and and mango salsa no, no really that's uh, just that's just yeah. wrong no it's not yeah, it is. <laughs> it's. mangoes are a gorgeous tree now, there's we, a they are beautiful and, one in linda vista between Whatever the little 
grocery store is and Kearney High School. It's an enormous one. It's there's like a, a there's a huge one down in um, or there used to be. I don't know if it's still there down in um, Logan Heights. Uh, I think it was on National Avenue, and it was it was in between two houses, and it was it was way taller than the two houses. And I remember driving by one time and I spotted it, and it was it was loaded with fruit. I mean, just completely covered with with fruit. So. So they do. They they will do well around here. They do. Uh, but it, it's if you if you like a if you like a tropical looking tree, a mango is a is a great choice for it. I have a little one at home, and it uh, I put it around too many other trees, so it gets too much shade. I'm going to need to get another one that I can put out where it gets more sun. But I get a few few mangoes off of it every year. Well, there you go. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. You know, as we move into the cooler season, uh, the other thing that starts happening about this time of the year is if you have a Bermuda grass lawn, it starts to die. And if you have a fescue lawn, it starts to thrive. It starts to look so, really good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so consequently, if you if you still have a lawn or you're thinking about um, renovating your lawn or putting in a lawn, um, now is a great time to do that. Um, fescue, the tall fescue really is, a, it's a cool season grass and it does thrive this time of the year. So it's a, it's a really good time to, to take a look at that. We get a lot of people this time of the year that wonder why there are tall fescues dying out in big swaths and patches. And they just don't understand why. It was green all summer long, did really well. And then now that it's getting cool, when it should be thriving, it's dying out. Well, that could be the crabgrass. That's yeah, it's going to say it's starting. probably because it's not fescue, right? <laughs> yeah, but they don't know that. Yeah. Well, it's funny. My, my my Bermuda lawn, my dwarf Bermuda lawn in the backyard, which I still like. is, is We call it little it, grasses it, now, it, not dwarf. It has done, has, done, uh, has done pretty well. Um, probably three-quarters of it is now dichondra. And I have no idea where it oh, came. Wow. Well, it came. It came. Well, came I know. It, 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 <laughs> well, I know where it came from. It came. It, it came from. It came from my from my gardener's lawnmower is where it came from. Um, but it's green. The nice so, thing, and about- I and I love dichondra. That is that is my that is my favorite ground cover of all time. Is so why don't you have a dichondra lawn then? Because it's way too much work. Yeah. There, there. A long time ago, um, when dichondra was really popular. 30 plus years ago uh there were herbicides that you could use on dichondra that would take that would take broadleaf weeds out of dichondra without damaging the dichondra but they took that off the market i can't remember the name of it now but we i remember we used to sell it It was a it it came in a little it came in a little bottle um and it was a it was a wettable powder no no i'm thinking Uh, it was oxalis x i think that would i think oxalis x was the um the bandini weed and feed for fox house but uh scott's used to make one it was there it was called bonus and it was bonus and super bonus and it was it was weed and feed for specifically for dichondra lawns and i remember my dad telling me a long time ago that there was a there was a a japanese gardener that used to do a lot of business with us and the his the main thing that he did was he maintained dichondra lawns for people. That was his specialty, was maintaining dichondra lawns. And all he did was come in and buy super bonus. And that was all he That was his secret. That was, that was his secret, yeah. was, using, was using super bonus. 
you know, to but, come back into the land business, didn't you have an uncle who was a sod grower? My dad did. Yeah, dad did. My, and, dad, my and, dad's uncle. And where did he grow his sod in San Diego County? Originally? Yes. On Mount Soledad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he, 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 he moved on from Mount Soledad. Um, they built a housing development in on his um, on his property up there, uh, and he decided he wasn't going to let that happen again. So he he moved on to an area where that wasn't going to happen, and he ended up with a with a sod farm that turned out to be right in the middle of uh, Rancho Santa Fe. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he was terrible with his with his <laughs> yeah. land choices. There, there, there you go. Yeah, I mean, when you when you're, it, when you're in the uh, agricultural business, you're you're in the land business. But I re, I remember. Uh, even when, even into high school and college, they used to they used to p- supply all of the dichondra for the fair, uh, for the flower show. It was always that was, so gorgeous. Oh, it was it was incredible, and I remember, I remember going up to pick it up because it was it was backbreaking work. Um, but we'd go and pick it up, and uh, standing in a standing in a in the middle of a field of about of about two acres, and just. Beautiful dichondra, no dead patches in it, no weeds in it at all. It was, it it was, it was something to see. It was, it, it was, was almost hard. like Dorothy in a field of poppies. Just about. Oh, let's see. We're gonna go go down to Alan in Chula Vista. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Guys, doing fine. Since uh, Pamela is the only one that seemed to be up this morning, I thought I'd call in and ask you a question about the uh, living Christmas trees you were talking about. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're an older couple and retired, and our Kids are gone. Our grandkids live somewhere else, so we we haven't had uh, uh, anything like a real Christmas tree in some years. And we've gone to the the artificial trees, uh, fiber optic trees, which are really beautiful, but you don't have the fragrance and everything you have with a normal tree. And just wondered on the living Christmas tree, in order to have a tree that's going to be a couple of feet tall, isn't that going to be a uh, a fairly good sized pot with the soil in it? The ones that we have are fifteen gallon containers, so they're probably and the and the trees are trees are six are feet. feet. They're six feet yeah. plus. Yeah, but two feet oh, you wow. could get a, a two foot tree. You could get in a two, three, or five five gallon or less size pot. Yeah, there's okay. a few there's a few different sizes that are available. Okay, um, just wonder in comparison to the traditional tree where you put it into a a, a water pot and a Christmas tree stand. Um, how is the fragrance and everything? I I can't remember what variety we used to get. It was more like a uh, a spruce type type tree, like an evergreen, rather than just a pine tree. They they smell good. They are not as pungent as some of the cut trees. But if you were to kind of rough them up a little bit, or just do a gentle haircut with a pair of scissors, it would open up a lot more uh, fragrance from them inside. And put a saucer under them to keep the water f- away from the floor. And and they'll do well. Okay. Um, some we've had some families in our neighborhood that have done that. They've got younger children, and they have the lemon trees. And I've never talked to them about it, but they they seem to use the tree for several years in a row before it gets too tall to bring bring it from outside. I, is, is that the case with those trees? Was Oh, I was going to say, you certainly can. I did that for years. I would use the same one three, four, five years, then put it in the ground and then buy another one. In my backyard, there's probably seven or eight pine trees that were once Christmas trees in, in the house. You do have to keep them trimmed, though. They don't keep right. the, they don't keep that natural Christmas tree look to them without, without shearing them. You know, we also got in those dwarf thundercloud black pines. They would stay slow and grow slowly. They're not as well formed. They're shaped, but they would... Uh, they would last longer. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Alan. You know what? We have two other people that woke up this morning. So thanks for the call. We'll talk to you next week. And All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank okay. you very much. Bye. Okay. Take care. We're going to head up to uh, Laguna Niguel where Gary's waiting. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Yes, guys. Let's see. I, I didn't even have any, any idea you guys were even on the air because I remember when you guys used to be on 760. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I have a question. Maybe Monday, one of you might be able to answer this. Um, I, I raise butterflies. I photograph butterflies and raise butterflies. And um, I need to uh, put in some new passion flower in my yard that will attract the Gulf Fritillary uh, butterfly. 
Now, um, there are so many different species of the passion flower. Now, which one attracts the Gulf Fritillary butterfly? Do you know which one does? Cerulea. Passiflora cerulea. Passiflora cerulea. Let me yes, write that it's down. It's a beautiful okay. blue flowering one, and it, it's the one you put out front. It's the one I put out front. We have others, though. That they, I mean, What are the other ones? Well, do? I think, what, what's the, um, Ava? Is it Ava? Ava or Frederick? No, Frederick's uh, edible. The, 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 the Passiflora edulis, they don't typically go to. I mean, they will in a bind, I think, but they prefer the flowering versus any the edible. So any Passiflora in a storm. Yeah, any Passiflora in a storm. Well, there are of quite a few different varieties of cerulean now. Right. And Ava, Ava I think, is one of them. One of them. Yeah. But that's the one I would go to. It is an that. aggressive plant, though. So if you, you know, we might oh, yeah. want to keep it in a pot. Except for the one you planted out front. That's not very aggressive. <laughs> still bitter about it. Well, that, well, the whole thing is, guys, what I've, I've got two vines that died. That are right next to my garage, and uh, they died. So I want to put these passion flowers out front, and uh, I really don't care if they're aggressive because during the late summer and early fall, there are Gulf Fritillary butterflies flying all over the place, and they lay their eggs. and And of course, I like to raise the butterflies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Passiflora. C a e r u l e a. Yeah. That okay. that should do it for you. Paul, Gary, thank you very much for the call. Tell Paul we'll have to talk to him next week. Call earlier. <laughs> Please. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back next week. Your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275. Or SalemCareerHub.com. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS related.